Well, the presidential office on Thursday received two high-profile visitors from France and Australia. One of them was Alain Richard, the chairman of the French Senate's Taiwan Friendship Group, who flew to Taiwan despite protests from China. The other was former Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott, who recently voiced uh, support for Taiwan's bid to join an international trade bloc. President Tsai Ing-wen presents an order of propitious clouds with special grand cordon to the head of the French Senate's Taiwan Friendship Group, Alain Richard. It's the senator's third visit to Taiwan. Tsai thanked him for his work toward deepening Taiwan-France relations. Thinking back on the things that Chairman Richard has done for Taiwan, I must say he is a pioneer for Taiwan-France relations constantly opening new horizons in bilateral exchanges. Your visit this time around, it's as if part of our family in France were back to see us. We welcome you once again. Nous avons été plus we, like many other countries in the world, support Taiwan. This is because Taiwan has made huge contributions in many fields. Richard is currently a senator with France's ruling party and has almost 30 years of experience in the government. He previously served as Minister of Defense from 1997 to 2002, and since 2015, he's headed the French Senate's Taiwan Friendship Group. This May, the French Senate unanimously voted 304 to 0 to pass a resolution backing Taiwan's participation in international organizations. It was the first pro-Taiwan resolution passed by the country. And now, Richard is in Taiwan at the head of a delegation, without regard to China's opposition. And he's not the only Taiwan supporter to visit. And of course, you've managed to do this despite your isolation from many international bodies, including the WHO. It is in large measure to try to help to end this isolation from which Taiwan has been suffering uh, for so many decades. It's former Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott, who recently spoke up in support of Taiwan's bid to join the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. This is Abbott's first visit to Taiwan. During his reception at the presidential office, he stressed how Taiwan's participation in the trade bloc would draw more attention to democratic values. He also praised Taiwan for being an example to the world. Not everyone and not everywhere is pleased at Taiwan's progress and I do note that uh, Taiwan is challenged on an almost daily basis by its giant neighbour. It's more important than ever under such circumstances that uh, your fellow democracies stand shoulder to shoulder with you. High-profile guests coming to Taiwan just ahead of National Day on Sunday showed their support for Taiwan internationally. Well, ahead of Taiwan's National Day on Sunday, Taiwan's representative office in Washington hosted a banquet at its Twin Oaks estate on Wednesday. It marks the first time that Shelby Kim, Taiwan's envoy to Washington, hosts the event. Let's hear what she said. As I was listening to the beautiful voices of the national anthems of both our countries, it also reminded me that another thing we have in common besides democracy, freedom, our desire for prosperity and security is that we both share the colors red, white and blue. During her remarks, Xiao said that Beijing's provocations had led to more people in Washington to voice support for Taiwan and to express concern for Taiwan's national security. 
Though the event had to be scaled back due to COVID, the banquet was attended by many important figures. They included U.S. dignitaries as well as ambassadors and diplomats from Taiwan's allies. Also in attendance were diplomats from the Czech and Slovakian embassies in the U.S. Well, another batch of Pfizer vaccines touched down at Taoyuan's International Airport in the early hours of Thursday. The shipment contains 889,200 doses that will expire on February 20, uh, 20th, 2022. So far, about 4.2 million Pfizer vaccines, uh, Pfizer doses, have arrived in Taiwan. According to officials, another batch will arrive on Friday, as well as another shipment of Moderna vaccines. The CCC reports that 163,000 COVID vaccine doses were administered on Wednesday, bringing Taiwan's single-dose vaccination coverage up to 58.06%. With the current numbers, Taiwan could be on track to hit 70% coverage on October 26th if an average of 250,000 doses are administered every day. Asked on whether the COVID alert level would be lowered in November, the health minister said vaccine coverage was not the only variable to consider. He added that the government would continue relaxing restrictions when appropriate. Health Minister Chen Shizhong on Thursday announced the government is not considering tighter quarantine requirements for fully vaccinated flight crew returning from long-haul assignments. The comments come one day after a fully vaccinated China Airlines pilot was identified as an imported COVID case. Let's hear from the health minister. We are not considering tightening the regulations. Currently, the 5 plus 9 system means aircrew members get tested once after five days of quarantine, then again on the 9th and 14th days after returning to Taiwan. That's how it works. This time around, we caught the positive very quickly. In any case, we will review the matter with the Civil Aeronautics Administration. The pilot was confirmed as having been infected by the Delta coronavirus variant on Thursday. All 158 of her contacts have tested negative for COVID. The Taipei Marathon will be held again this year in Taipei on December 19th. Officials say that runners won't need to wear a face mask provided that certain conditions are met. For most news reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. The Taipei Marathon will be held this year on December 19th. Runners can go without a mask during the race, but they'll still have to mask up before and after running. At the starting line, before getting to the starting line, you still need to wear a mask. At the starting line itself, because it's a crowded situation, you still need to wear a mask. Once you start running, there will be distance between runners. Once social distancing is possible, masks can be removed. Runners will also have to provide COVID-19 health documentation. This can either be a negative PCR rapid antigen test, documentation of recovery from COVID, or a COVID vaccination card. Here are the requirements for runners. You have to have received at least one dose of the vaccine at least 14 days ago. A second option is documentation of recovery. The third is proof of a negative PCR or rapid screening test. You must have one of the three in order to participate in the marathon. We have invited 12 runners from abroad. 
If the runner is from abroad, they must comply with our border control policies. To board their flight, they must have proof, and after entering Taiwan, they must be quarantined for 14 days and undergo seven days of self-health management. They have to receive a negative PCR test one day before the race. This year's road race will include a 42.195-kilometer full marathon and a 21.0975-kilometer half marathon. The event will be open to 28,000 runners. Although Taiwan is starting to relax pandemic rules, there are still strict regulations in place to keep everyone safe. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Han Shenhan in Taipei. So Taiwan's minimum wage is coming up for review once again on Friday. The Ministry of Labor um, has signaled the plans to, to raise the basic wage are unstoppable considering Taiwan's economic growth. But labor and industry groups disagree over who should be getting a raise and by how much. Labor groups are calling for an 8% increase to the minimum wage, and industri uh, industry leaders say it should be just 3%. More than 40 labor representatives held a protest outside the offices of a commercial business group on Thursday. They say they want to go in and present their case. Labor officials are scheduled to meet on Friday to review Taiwan's minimum wage. According to labor groups, government projections have put Taiwan's GDP growth at 5.88% in 2021. They say the minimum monthly and hourly wages should be raised by 8% to reflect the economic growth. But such proposals have been rejected by business groups, with no signs of agreement on the horizon. These businesses make so much money, and they don't even want to give their employees even the smallest space to negotiate adjustments to the minimum wage. It really is frustrating. Senior staff is more important for GDP growth and for revenue. So actually, senior employees should be the ones getting the raise, and not entry-level workers. Public servants are getting a raise of 3%, so the wage raise for the private sector should also just be 3%. As usual, labor and industry do not see eye to eye on the issue, but government officials have signaled that a wage hike is indeed coming. Taking all the economic data into account, this wage adjustment is unstoppable. I've already communicated, exchanged ideas, and reached a consensus with management and labor committee members. A hike in wages could be just around the corner, but with Taiwan firms still recovering from the pandemic, the government will also have to consider remedies to affected industries. All will be decided at the wage review meeting on Friday. The trains on Taipei Metro's Brown Line will be refurbished for greater passenger comfort. So far, one train has been equipped with the new seating layout, which has narrower and lower seats, better adapted to the body. The new arrangement also increases the number of seats and frees up space for wheelchairs and strollers. The Taipei Metro says all trains on the line should complete the remodeling within the next two years. At rush hour, the Taipei Metro's brown line is packed with commuters, and sitting for the ride is out of the question. There just aren't enough seats. 25 years after opening, the Taipei Metro has decided to do a complete makeover. The old seats had been designed by the manufacturer and were not tailored to Taiwanese commuters. That's why many people complain that they end up sliding down the seat. Not comfortable at all. The new seats are placed 2 centimeters lower and their width has been reduced from 60 to 46 centimeters, providing more body and leg support. The back of the seats has been modified too to fit the body better. The narrower design also allows for up to 84 seats, up from the current 76. 
I think it's an improvement. The curvature is not as deep. It used to be that one person got one seat, but now you can cram in a kid as well. Do they stick out less now, or is it something else? They are more comfy, and it's good that there are more seats available now. The new layout has met with good response from commuters, and the seats are not the only change. The handhold poles and baggage racks near the train doors have been removed to make for a more spacious interior, making access more seamless for wheelchairs and strollers. The space also increases capacity by 12 people for a total accommodation of up to 360 passengers. So far, only one train has been fitted with the new layout. We put sample seat models in stations and have interviewed passengers trying them out to collect feedback. After six months of trials, the new seat design and layout has been finalized. The Brown Line's 50 trains will gradually get remodeled, with completion expected in less than two years. All this to give Taipei commuters more comfort when riding public transport. As the quintuple stimulus vouchers come online, local districts are working hard to attract vacationers. One local area with lots to offer is Shang District in Tainan. There are loads of hidden gems in the area, including unusual health food options and a retro hotel with 60 years of uh, service experience under its belt. In the contest to win quintuple stimulus vouchers, every local retailer is pulling out all the stops. Here in Shying District, Tainan, near the Provincial Highway 19, there's a honey-smoked tea goose that could compete with any cosmopolitan grocer. What we're hoping right now is for customers to come and buy in-store, and then we can also help Shying tourism and economy. Black beans are another local specialty. At this health food restaurant, the set menu is bursting with nutritious dishes like chicken soup full of black garlic. We use a special low-heat vacuum cooking method to clarify the soup so the meat doesn't lose its fat. But the most distinctive local spot is the district's one and only little hotel. This bathtub, decorated with a mosaic of ceramic tiles, is just a glimpse of its retro charm, won over by the institution's 60 years of hospitality expertise. In recent months, online influencers have flocked here. Internet celebrities who are walking the whole country and other special celebrities, lots of them come to us here to film. Coming for a vacation here, you not only get to enjoy lots of special cultural gems and surprises you'd never expect, you can also get big deals on your quintuple stimulus vouchers. They'll give you 50 NT when you spend 500 NT or 100 NT for 1,000 NT, so basically it's a 10% bonus. Shying Commercial District is going all out to attract customers this autumn with rural delights that can't be found in any big city. Well, a mushroom hot pot restaurant in Taichung is one of the unusual eateries to be honored by the Bib Gourmet list this year. The Bib is seen as the little brother of the Michelin Guide, with only the top restaurant in the world getting a mention. Chef uh, Lin Ming-sun dedicated his hot pot shop to the oft-overlooked mushroom. His passion continues a tradition begun by his grandfather. As the hot pot bubbles at the patron's table, the chef arrives with container bags full of enoki mushrooms. He explains its growing cycles so customers know how to bring out its flavor. Right at your table, he cuts the mushrooms free to dip in the hot pot. Only the freshest ingredients are used. They need just 15 seconds in the hot pot, coming out sweet and crunchy. 
。消费者都会给它放在里面煮很久。The chef explains common misconceptions in cooking mushrooms, and guests can pick their own out right then and there. They cut them out here and then teach you how to eat them. I'm a mushroom fanatic. I love mushrooms. This dish is known as 100 mushrooms. The entire plate is covered with maitake, yamachatake, sponge moral, coral mushroom, and abalone. It's enough to dazzle a mushroom fan. The hot pot broth centers on basswood shiitake and chicken for a sweet and energizing meal. By putting mushroom center stage, menu expectations are confounded. The owner has a special loyalty to the world of mushrooms. My grandfather and father both grew mushrooms, common mushrooms, basswood shiitake in wood air. The restaurant has been open for 20 years. I wanted to continue on and fulfill my dad and grandpa's wishes to see me lift in mushrooms up to their full stature. The family has deep ties with the world of fungi. The chef helped out in his dad's mushroom farm as a kid. His father was a fantastic grower, but not so keen on marketing. That's what led the chef to eventually open this restaurant to vaunt the merits of mushrooms far and wide. The first time I've seen them grown in container bags and cut straight out while fresh. The restaurant is still going strong after two decades, and now its mushrooms have even won a bib gourmand.